0: The book of Daniel tonight, chapter number one. The book of Daniel, chapter number one. It's been a blessing to be back again at Faith Baptist, and we've always had great fellowship through the years. And a lot of times you wonder, is anybody listening to the message? And uh, But you know somebody is listening to the message. When you preach a sermon one night, and you come back in the next night, And they have a customized t shirt made for you that says, Faith Always Wins. How about that? And it's always humbling when they buy you extra, extra, extra large. What a blessing that is. But that still ain't big enough for Julie's mother. But anyway, we'll give it to her. And I appreciate that. Now, boy, this right here's a good television evangelist. There's only one of these in all the world. This is the only one who will give a thousand on this side. (laughs) Son, I know some television preachers make a million dollars off of that one juror. I was listening to a guy on the radio one night, tickle me, he said, now, If you're having financial trouble, he said, send me $5. And I'm thinking, the number one, if I got financial trouble, I can't afford to send him no $5. But he said, if you're having financial trouble, you send me $5. And he said, I'll send you a piece of my tie. He said, I sweated on it. and It's got Holy Ghost sweat on it. And he said, I'll send you a piece of my tie and you rub it on your pillow and you wake up in the morning and you'll be rich. He said, I know there's millions of listeners. I thought, dear God, what a tie. <laughs> and then, brother, he played some sad music and said, now look. <laughs> We're having some financial trouble in our ministry. I started to write and say if you want a piece of my tie. <laughs> Oh boy, the Lord is good and I love you pastor and family and love you choir, love you church and you know brother, I thought about singing today but after I heard you, open your Bible to the book of Daniel, chapter number one. Me singing after that guy would be like taking a Missouri mule and running it in a Kentucky Derby, amen. (laughs) Amen. And I appreciate uh, Dr. Donald Yancey's take about, you know, it's all in the spirit. And I understand that. But I'll tell you, some people need a voice to go with that spirit. Can I get an amen? (laughs) It's like I've always heard, you know, bald is beautiful. The only people who say that are bald-headed people. (laughs) Can I get a witness right there now? I've always heard, you know, beauty's only skin deep. It might be, but ugly cuts down to the bone. <laughs> and I've heard all that about rich people being miserable. I won't tell you that guy that passed me on 285 today in that Porsche, he looked like he was having the time of his life. I'm going to be honest with you. And I understand, I appreciate the Spirit, but you can sing, son, and I appreciate that. The Lord is good. And those songs ministered to my heart. And I'm glad his eye is on the sparrow. And I'm glad I mean a whole lot to him. You say you bragging, not on me but I'm bragging on him. He said, "What do you mean you mean a lot to him?" Hey, he died for me, brother. Lord, I got I'm about to shout. Hallelujah. The Lord is good tonight. The book of Daniel, chapter number 1 before I read my text, I'm going to run one commercial. Actually, I'm on a run, too. I'm gonna try to sell that shirt one more time. I, I'll cut down to $500. Do I get any takers over here on this side? But I'm keep, oh, praise God, I heard something over here now. Oh, I see a little boy raised his hand, and his mama just jerked his arm off and beat him upside the head with it. But the first Thursday and Friday uh, of the month of February, we'll be meeting again in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, for the Smoky Mountain Gospel Jubilee. And uh, we're going to have a great time. Ralph Sexton, myself, C.T. Townsend, I'll be doing the preaching. And we got some great music lined up. And we're looking forward to that. We're renting country tonight. Theater, last year, literally, the thing seats 1600. And uh, they were hanging out of the walls last year. And we are excited about coming. And come up and be with us, spend two days with us. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and we'll have a great time. And then I'll trust you go online to our website or either look up Templeton Tours and sail with us next year to the Singing at Sea, first week in February. We rent the whole ship, we rent the whole ship, 2,400 people. And by doing that, we're able to shut down the bars. And the gambling, that's why Tyrone don't go said He wouldn't have nothing to do. But we'll have a wonderful time. 35 singing groups, five or six preachers. And uh, man, we'll eat and sing and preach and burp. I mean, eat and sing and preach. And so we're excited about it. The book of Daniel tonight, I want to read two text verses. I want to read Daniel chapter number one and verse number eight. And then I'm going to go over to Daniel chapter number 6 and verse number 28. And the title of the message tonight is Standing for God in a World of Compromise. And I believe we'll admit tonight the church of Jesus Christ is in the battle of its life. Christians tonight, are in the battle of our life. I don't believe we're in the last days, Brother Donald. I believe we're in the last of the last seconds of the last days. I believe the next thing on God's time clock is for Gable to blow that trumpet. And Jesus split the eastern sky and I'm glad when he toots, we're going to scoot, praise God. We're going to leave like Superman and come back like the Lone Ranger. Can I get a witness? And I'm glad that we got a better place to go. We're about to get out of here, brother. But until that time comes, we need to determine tonight to stand up for Jesus and be soldiers of the cross and left high his royal banner, for it must not suffer loss. And let's read about it tonight in the book of Daniel, chapter number one and verse number eight. I love the opening phrase of the text, but Daniel. What others did, he had no control of, but Daniel could do something tonight. Daniel made a choice to live for God. And what others around you do, you cannot control. But why don't you do what Daniel, why don't I do what Daniel did? But Daniel, say this with me tonight, but Daniel purposed in whose heart? His heart. That he will not defile who? Himself with a portion of the king's meat nor the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Read the first three words of verse number eight out loud with me. But Daniel purposed. Say that with me again. But Daniel purposed. I want you to come tonight to chapter number six and verse number 28. And I want to show you tonight what happens to a young man or to an individual that decides to stand for God in a world of compromise that purpose is in their heart that come what may, they're going to live for God. I want to show you the outcome of it. Notice in Daniel tonight, chapter number 6, And verse number twenty-eight. So this said out loud with me, Daniel prospered. So this said with me again, Daniel prospered. Boy, I like that. Say it one more time. So this, Daniel prospered. Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. What happened to Daniel when he purposed? The Bible said that he prospered. I believe it tells me something tonight that the purposing Christian will be the prospering Christian. Or may I say it like this tonight? If you'll stand for God, God will stand for you. Or could I say it like this tonight? You be faithful to God and God will be faithful to you. Can I say it like this tonight? Nobody has ever stood for God and been abandoned or deserted by God. Because the man or the woman or the boy or the girl that purposes to live for God, God will bless them and anoint them and use them and uh, prosper them. Now, the man before us tonight, we love him by the name of Daniel. And when you come to this text tonight, do you realize where Daniel is? Well, let me answer that by saying where Daniel is not. Number one tonight, Daniel is not in the land of his birth. Daniel is not in the land of his citizenship. Daniel is not downtown Jerusalem under the shadow of the holy hill of God that has the temple on top and the blood sacrifice on the altar and the Shekinah, glory of God, filling the house. No, there, that, that is not where Daniel is. You say, well, where is Daniel in this text? He is a strange man living in a strange world Can I say that again? He is a strange man that is living in a strange world. He is not in the land of his nativity. He is not in the land of his birth. He is not in the land of his citizenship. He is a stranger living in a strange place that is not his home, and it's called the land of Babylon. Now you say, Brother Joe, that's a good history lesson, but what has that got to do with us? Well, do you know where we are spiritually tonight? Number one, we're not in the land of our birth. You say, wait just a minute, Brother Joe, I'm living in the country that I want. honey, I'm talking about that second birth. I'm talking about that new birth. I'm talking about that birth that when a man has, he's born to live forever. You say, Brother Joe, do you mean you've been born twice? I sure have. The first time I was born, I was born by the aid of my mother and my father. But the second time I was born, I was born by the power of the Holy Ghost. The first time I was born, I was born to the seed of my father. But the second time I was born, I was born to the seed of the word of God. The first time I was born, it puts me in the bloodline of the author family. But the second time I was born, it puts me in the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus himself. The first time I was born, I was born to live down here. But the last time I was born, I was born to live up there. The first time I was born, I was born to die. But the last time I was born, I was born to live forever and I'll never die, I'll just get promoted. I'm glad I have been born again. And we're not living in the land of our spiritual nativity. Can I sit like this tonight? We are not living where our citizenship is. Oh, Brother Joe, you don't understand. I've got papers that proves I'm a citizen of the United States of America. Honey, I'm talking about that better country. I'm talking about that other country, the one that'll never be defeated and the one that'll never be defiled, and it's called the New Jerusalem. And yes, yes, there is a record of my birth in the state of Virginia, and I am a legalized citizen of the United States. States of America, but I'm glad better than that. Up yonder in the Lamb's book of life, my name has been written in the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm a citizen of that country, and my name is written in heaven, and let me just say it like this. He didn't make the newspaper when I got saved. He didn't make the radio when I got saved. The internet hadn't been invented yet, but I'm glad that night hell moved out and a dose to heaven moved in. It made news in heaven and my name is written on high. We're not in the land of our citizenship for our citizenship is in heaven. You say then preacher, where are we? We're just like Daniel. We're strangers living in a strange world. Just as Daniel was in exile, God's children, this world, oh, I feel like preaching tonight. This world is not our home. We are living in exile. Daniel was strange to them and they were strange to Daniel. Boy, can I say that again? They were strange to Daniel And Daniel was strange to them. By the way, you know what? A Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, living right, talking right, going to church, Christian is, to this world tonight, strange. We are strange to them. But I want to say they are strange to us. And what I'm about to say, is terrible English, but sometimes good preaching and good English ain't on the same one. And I want to say the further we go in these last days and the closer we get to the rapture of the church and the coming of Jesus Christ, the stranger this world looks to me and the more strange we get to this world. Daniel was a stranger. He was an exile. He was living on enemy territory. And can I remind the saints of God tonight, this world is not our home, our citizenship is in heaven and we're strangers living in a strange world and we're just pilgrims and strangers passing through. In fact, I just stopped by LaGrange on my way to the New Jerusalem to say hey to the rest of the family. Daniel is a stranger and he's living in a strange world. And because he's a stranger living in a strange world, he is living in a world of compromise. The enemy in chapter number one lays out three things that he's trying to do to Daniel. The first thing they tried to do to Daniel was change his identity. Remember that tonight? Because they tried to give him another name that had no resemblance of Jehovah God. They were trying to disconnect him from his heritage, from his God, from the foundation of his faith. More may I run a rabbit and let me hurry. We are having a battle in our nation tonight and it's called an identity crisis. And they are trying to remove from Christians our heritage, our faith, our hope, and anything that reminds this world of God. They're trying to take it from us. But I want to just go on record and say tonight, on this Wednesday night 2020 that I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. And while I'm on that subject, there's nothing wrong with the word Bible. There's nothing wrong with the word church. There's nothing wrong with the word Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. There's nothing wrong with the term blood-bought salvation. There's nothing wrong with the term and the name Jesus Christ. Born again, saved by the grace of God, whoop, washed in the blood of the Lamb why there are churches that are so uh, intimidated by the compromise of our day, uh, they won't even say, do you want to get saved? Do you want to get born again? Uh, they'll say, do you want to cross the line of faith? Lord, honey, when I was a boy, if you crossed the line of faith, that wasn't good. That was bad. Let me tell you something, brother. Let's don't let the devil steal our identity. We still believe believe in Jesus. We still believe in the blood. We still go to church. We still believe the Bible. Let's not let them remove us from our heritage. Let's stay with it tonight in a world of compromise. They tried to change his identity. Something else they tried to do to Daniel. They tried to weaken him and assimilate him into their society. One day they came to Daniel and said, now listen, we do things different here in Babylon. We eat different things. Uh, We eat meat that's been sacrificed to heathen gods. Daniel said, well, we we don't do that where I'm from. Uh, We have a strict way of how we live and we try to live like God wants us to live. But they said, you don't understand something. Daniel, here in Babylon, we don't have any borders. We don't have any rules. We just live like we want to. And Daniel, you don't understand. If you're going to be one of us, you got to get off of that stuff you were raised on. And you got to get on this new stuff because that old stuff, it's not good anymore, Daniel. So you better get with the program and you better walk our walk and you better live our way and you better assimilate yourself into our society. But Daniel looked at them and said, I'll tell you what you do. You go any way you wanna go, worship any kind of god you wanna worship, but down at my house and in my heart, I'm staying with what's brought me to this place. I'm staying to my heritage. I'm staying to my faith. I'm staying to my God and I want to tell you the world it's trying to assimilate us into their society but they need somebody to stand up and say not today and not tomorrow but as for me in my house we are going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. And they're trying to weaken Daniel down to where he becomes like them. But oh, number three, here's the catch. They wanted more than his identity. They won't do more than take something away that resembled God. They did more than want to assimilate him and earther society. Finally, pastor, the enemy unmasked itself and the true character and the enemy comes out and literally what they wanted them to do was to deny God and reject God altogether. By the way, the world wants more than the name of God. The world wants more than the glory of God. The world wants more than the house of God. They want your allegiance to God. They want us to do more than just let down on God. They want us to deny God and junk God and leave God altogether. And that's what they're trying to do tonight to America's young people. Just a little bit at the time. They want more than your heritage. They want more than your lifestyle. They want more than your tradition. They want you to say there is no God and I deny him right now. But I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight. God's been too good to you and God's been too real to you for you to deny him now. Don't you let this world have your faith, have your allegiance, have your God. He's worthy to give him all the glory and all the praise and stand for God in a world of compromise. You say, well, Brother Joe, in the light of all of that, How in the world does a man prosper and live for God in a world that's living for the devil? Here it is, three things. Number one, I've read the first one in the text. The Bible said, but Daniel, but Daniel purposed in his you know what he did? He made a constant choice. This day, I'm living for God. Can I say this to every young person in this room tonight? No one has ever lived for God by accident. No one ever stood for God in a world of compromise by accident. But there was a time, and there was a place, and there was a day, and a moment in time when they drew the line and said, Today, this moment, this night, I sign the contract. I step up to the plate, and I'm purposing making a conscious choice tonight to live for God. You know why America is free tonight? You know why America is still the land of the free and the home of the brave? because before any of us ever walked in this room tonight in the past there's been men and women and boys and girls that signed the contract and stuck up to the plate and paid the ultimate price for our national freedom and they purposed if it cost them their life they were going to live for God may God give us some Christians in 2020 that have signed the contract step up to the plate and decide and purpose in our heart that we are going to live for the key. He purposed in his heart. He made a decision. I, I grew up in a preacher's home. I, I, I grew up in a pastor's family. My daddy was a preacher and my mama should have been one. Put it this way, she was, but she never got ordained. Daddy preached to the church, and mama preached to daddy. I kind of come from a mixed multitude. My daddy was Baptist, but he was of the dry Baptist. I mean, dry as last year's corn shucks, And these kids are going, what in the world's a corn jug?" But just dry Baptist. Well, Mama, she was Pentecostal. And it ain't nothing dry about Mama. I found the difference between Baptist and Pentecostal. Pentecostals got their antennas up and Baptist on telecable. Now, Daddy was saved but didn't know how to enjoy it. Mama was saved. She wasn't for sure for how long, but she enjoyed, you'll get that in a minute, but she enjoyed what she had. Well, they got married and she got to believing like daddy, but then daddy got to acting like her. Then they fooled around and had me and I got the best of both worlds. <laughs> Believe like a Baptist and enjoy it like a holy roller. <laughs> this fellow said to me, one day, said, pray for me, Brother Joe. They call me a holy roller at work. Well, that's really not a bad thing to be called. Because number one, if you're saved, you ought to be holy. And number two, if you're rolling, you're going somewhere. And if you're going to get in the name swapping business, I'd rather be called Holy roller than prune face. Man, I grew up in a preacher's home. Daddy preached and mama shouted. I grew up in the front seat of that, the front row of that church while daddy preached and mama shouted. I mean, some of the fondest members of my childhood. My daddy be up there preaching and i sweating and i preaching his heart out. My mama, whoo, preach it, honey. Whoo, sick him, Holy Ghost. (laughs) I told my wife the other day, I said, if you would help me preach like my mama, help my daddy preach, we might have revival. And she said, "It's gonna take more me. You need the Holy Ghost, Joe's. Who you need?" <laughs> but I grew up in all of that. And boy, I battled that pride. I battled that flesh, and I drifted away from God in my early teenage years. I sat in church, and my mind would wonder. Sat in church, and my heart would wonder. In the world, brother Donald was about to reach out and grab me and take me down to the land of Egypt, take me down to the land of Moab or take me down to the hog pen and ruin and wreck my dream. But Boy, I remember that night when the Holy Ghost brought me to the crossroads. I went with mom and dad to church one night to hear Mace Jackson preach. We got there kind of late so we had to sit in the back. Had to sit in the back where the backslider sat. Say amen back there, boy. <laughs> boy, we're just sitting in the back of that church, Brother Donald. And Mays Jackson got to preaching and my mama went to shouting. About that time, my daddy went to shouting and I was sitting between them. Well, an old preacher named preacher William Cobb was in the front of me and he got to shouting. And I was already on the back row. And boy, about that time the Holy Ghost come by that pew and said, honey, it's like a bunch of drunks. If you can't beat 'em, join 'em. <laughs> it's now or never boy, God spoke to me that night and said, I didn't send my son to bleed on that cross for you and die for you to sit on some pew and sit and sour and soak. My son died for you that I might anoint you and fill you and bless you and use you. And boy, sitting in that seat that night, I signed the contract. Woo! I stepped up to the plate. I made a constant choice. And God came in, the gable into my soul and gave me a case of the can't help it. And I'm telling you this tonight. If you're looking for somebody to feel sorry for, do it somewhere else. Don't feel sorry for me. I'd rather be an old time Christian and live for God and purpose in my heart and make a difference in this world and be somebody for God. He purposed in his heart And the greatest decision tonight you'll ever make is I have decided to follow Jesus. Woo! No turning back. No turning back. That was in the summer of 19. Oh, Lord, this sounds ancient. That was in the summer. Help me, Jesus. That was in the summer. Nineteen seventy-nine. Oh, one of the other lady lost her breath. <laughs> you don't ever forget 79. Oh, if you think young people dress a little weird today, you oughta saw me, dude, in 79. I wore five pairs of shoes. Some of you remember the platforms. Had them shirts with no buttons on them. I had three of the prettiest little chest tires you ever seen, <laughs> I was so proud of. And every time I raised my arm, they'd run over and hide. Had that gold chain around my neck. Had them big old Elvis sideburns. Honey, I was a hunk, a hunk of burning love. You say, what are you tonight? I'm a a chuck-a-chuck of burnout love. Say amen right there. (laughs) Boy, I don't understand. It was hard to walk in them things. So we just glided everywhere we went. We didn't smoke pot. We smoked reefer. Now, don't you... Don't get me started on all of that. Boy, I'll tell you, guy, I was just... That old world had a death grip upon me. Mama's a shouter and daddy's a preacher and that old world had a death grip on me. Boy, I made that commitment in 1979. Lord, this world is not my home. My name's not written here. My name's written in heaven. You didn't send your son all away from earth, from heaven to earth to bleed and die for me to live my own way. Call my own shots. I float my own boat. And I'm glad that night, brother, platform shoes and all, I said yes to Jesus. And God came in. And I'm telling you tonight. It makes a difference when you decide you're going to live for God. Word got back to the school before I got back to start the fall quarter. And I'd gotten right with God. I won't ever forget it. We had a science teacher and I loved him. And, uh, but he was different. And uh, he didn't teach evolution as a theory. He taught it as a fact. And only one time did he shake my faith. I saw his wife one time at Walmart and I thought, oh God, if there is a missing link, that's her. (laughs) You say that wasn't right. I told you I had to get right with God. (laughs) Boy, I'll never forget that first six weeks exam. Man, by the help of God, I aced that baby. He called me into his office the next day and said, you're different, you're different. What's going on in your life, Arthur? What's going on, Mr. Arthur? He said, what are you gonna do when you get out of school? I said, sir, this summer, I got right with God. And I said, I'm gonna serve the Lord to the best of my ability. I said, The Lord willing, sir, if I ever get out of this place, it felt like prison to me. I said, I'm going to be an old fashioned Holy Ghost Baptist preacher like my daddy. Son, he like to swallow that frog he was dissecting. And I love the way educated people talk. If they want you to say something again, they don't say, Say it again. They say, Say that again. He said, say that again. I said, if I ever get out of here, I'm an old-fashioned Holy Ghost Baptist preacher like my daddy. He went, Oh, God. I said, yeah, he wants me to do it too. <laughs> then he looks at me and says, son, why in the world do you want to waste your life? He said, son, you're intelligent. <laughs> The reason why I remember that conversation so well, nobody had ever told me that before. And if I'm recollecting, nobody's ever told me that since. But once is enough to make a man believe it. He said, son, you're intelligent. You have personality. You got people's skills. You got potential. You can be anything you want to be. Why do you want to waste your life doing something like that for? Boy, when you can be anything you want to be. You know what he didn't understand? He knew all about earthworms. He knew all about frog intestines. He knew all about formaldehyde and H2O. But what he didn't understand, I am doing what I want to do. I am being what I want to be because that night when I signed the line and crossed into God's territory God changed my want to be don't feel sorry for me I've not wasted my life I've enjoyed the journey all of this in heaven too purposed in his heart he purposed number two How did Daniel live for God in a world of compromise? I love this one. He praised. He learned the power of praise. And I know this is a Baptist church, but I believe I can say it here and get by. He learned the power of praise. You say, well, I don't want nobody to thank you. I'm weird. Now, let me tell you who's weird. People that go to ball games and get so happy, they kiss people they don't even love and slap people they ain't even mad at. (laughs) That's weird. I've never understood how a bunch of people can go to a ball game and hoop and holler and act like a bunch of stark, raving idiots over something a hundred years from now, nobody will even remember. And then we go to the house of the Lord And talk about living forever, never dying, worshiping the king of kings and the lord of lords and we're supposed to be like little wooden Indians. No, God inhabits the praises of his people. It's not time to be silent. It's time to shout and give God the praise and the glory. Boy, that old king has a vision. Nobody knows how to explain it. And God sends Daniel, and Daniel interprets that king's dream. That, da- that king is so impressed, Brother Don, with Daniel. He tries to bestow gifts upon Daniel. Daniel said, Sir, I don't need anything you got, because you may be king in Babylon. But if you don't mind, I'm going to clean me off the spot. And I'm going to worship and praise me. Oh, the real king, the king of glory. Not in Jerusalem, not on the front steps of the temple, but in Babylon, on hell's front porch. Daniel says, my God above who's the king of every king. I want to bless thee and I want to praise thee and I want to give thee the glory and the honor. You know what America needs tonight in 2020? Meet some people who go to a Baptist church that's not ashamed of the gospel, that's not ashamed of Jesus, that's not ashamed of salvation for there is no better time to praise the Lord. He's worthy. I've been pastoring our church for 35 years. And when you pastor a church, the same church for 35 years, you better get this in your mind. You're gonna have wonderful Sundays, and you're gonna have <clears throat> Sundays. You're gonna have some Sundays when they're hanging from the chandeliers, and you'll have some Sundays when your own wife sleeps while you The other day I got in the car and I said to Mrs. Arthur, I noticed she was extra quiet that day. I said, hey, what'd you think about my sermon? Now what I wanted her to say, even if she didn't mean it, it was wonderful. Can I help you women? When your husband comes on and says, do I look good? He don't want you to be honest. When he asks you, baby, are you proud of me? He don't want you to be honest. If he does something for you and he says, did I do good? He don't want you to be honest. He wants you to go, oh God, yes, Whoa. I said, well, how'd I do? She said, what were you trying to say? I said, bless God, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Boy, that was stupid. I said, how'd you like my sermon? She said, well, I gotta admit, you do have better material. I ain't never asking her again. I don't care if she likes it or not, bless God. Somebody say amen right there. But we had one of them days. Choir couldn't sing. Pianos in one key, organs in another. Guitars out of tune. I got Zacchaeus and a hog pen. I got Elijah and Lion's Nin. I got the three Hebrew children riding the donkey. I never did get poor old Lazarus out of the tomb. And finally, I got so flustered, I said, everybody just stand to your feet and close your head. That's the problem. Our heads had been closed for the last hour. I call it, Brother Donald, one of those non-tweetable Sundays. You don't tweet about that Well, every Monday morning I'm not privileged to go play golf and goof off and go around. I get up, try to recover from the day and most of the time, instead of when I'm local like this twice a year, I go to Hartsville International, catch a plane to go preach somewhere Monday and Tuesday night. Boy, I'm in Hartsville International and my heart is so heavy. I'm wore out emotionally, physically. Brother, I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to fly up yonder and help that preacher? But I'm lower than a snake's belly myself. More right out there at Hartsville International. And I don't know how much time you spend at Hartsville International, but my soul, you could do a reality TV show down there. Man, they make this announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, may have your attention please. Report all suspicious looking people. <laughs> they all look suspicious to me. <laughs> Especially this woman in her crocs and in her pajamas and her hair in curlers and a poodle dog in her lap. <laughs> Boy, I was moping. Right there at concourse A, gate number 21, God says to me, Hey, practice what you've been preaching. I said, What's that? Praise me. What? Joe Arthur, you've run all over this country. You've told everybody else from North Carolina to California and from Michigan to the Florida Keys 48 weeks of your life for the past 35 and a half years shout to Jesus. Give him praise. Give him glory. Shout when you feel good. Shout when you feel bad. Just shout to the Lord. Look beyond your problems. Look beyond your depression and just shout. He said practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. And I said, God, Here? Yeah, here. I said, Lord, if you'll let me get on that plane, I'll land in Greensboro, North Carolina, and when I get to that church up there, I'm gonna give you glory. I'm gonna give you praise. He said, here. I said, God, have you not heard that announcement that they've been making? Report all suspicious-looking people. Here, and I said, "All right, God," but if I get arrested, it's your fault. <laughs> so, right that concourse, a right smack dab in front of gate number twenty-one, I just started singing. I've been to Calvary. I can say I've seen the Lord. I've been to Calvary through the witness of his word. Each day at Calvary, what a thrill of love divine just to know that the same. If you want to stand in line all by yourself at Concourse A and gate number 21 right there in front of God and everybody, just start singing, I've been to Calvary. but right across the gate was a black lady selling coffee and I didn't have time to ask her but evidently she was a Christian because when I got through singing I've been to Calvary the Holy Ghost hit that old gal she threw a coffee cup up. She said, hallelujah, son. I've been there, too. <laughs> hallelujah, I've been there, too. She's on one side going, hallelujah, I've been there, too. I'm on the other side saying, glory to God, I've been there, too. Here they come with the straitjackets, but they never caught me. I mean, to tell you, brother, if I can praise God in this church house, and if I can praise God at my house, Hey, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Let's praise and shout our way in a world of compromise for he is worthy. He purpose. He praised. And then I close with this tonight. I love it. He prayed. Someone said, I did Daniel make it out of that compromising place called Babylon. He made it out on his knees praying and calling on God. And aren't you glad tonight in 2020 God still answers prayer. Boy, that came to Daniel. He said, Daniel, we don't do that down here. When we... We don't pray like that down here. And if you do, we're going to throw your carcass into the lions. Brother Donald, I hear somebody say, Daniel, what you going to do now since they've passed some laws, since they've made it politically incorrect and pressured Oh God, that day's coming so fast in this country. It shudders my soul for these children and my children's children. But Daniel, since they passed some laws and made it politically incorrect to worship Jehovah God and the real God and the true God, what are you going to do now? And Daniel, I believe in so many words, says, watch. Watch. He throwed that window up. He left the door open. Not only did he want them to hear him, he wanted them to see him. And the Bible said he got down on his knees, yelled at that window, looked toward the holy hill of God, and the King James says, as he did before times, And he just kept on praying. He just kept on trusting. He just kept on calling on God. And what did God do? He paid him a visit in the lion's den because I'm glad that God still answers prayer. Downtown Babylon, downtown LaGrange, downtown Atlanta, God is still a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. And we can turn this country around again if somebody... We'll pray. Somebody get a hold of God and God can get a hold of somebody else. In closing night, you listen to me. I love seeing these young people here tonight. You put me in a room full of young people, I'll preach my gallbladder out. <laughs> Trying to reach them so we'll have another generation in this country Faith Baptist, that's your future. That's your future. It's not just the future of your church. It's the future of this country. Why do you think the devil's working overtime to steal the minds of our children us moms and dads and us old fogey grandmas and grandpas need to pray a hedge over our children and lift up a standard and say, Not tonight, devil, not today, devil. You can't have the mind and the heart and the soul and the destiny of our child. I done claim them for God. Yeah. And claim them for God. Tonight I believe. As a young person, sat on those pews, and a man of God challenged me that if I could get a hold of God, God could get a hold of me and somebody else. And I want to challenge these young people tonight that God's the same today as He always has been. How many people got in this room tonight? You're over fifty. And you're not ashamed. You're just glad you got over it. There's other people, but your hands needs to be lifted. Evidently, you're lying before God. I'm going to give you one more chance. Fifty and above. you You just ought to be glad, bless God, after 50, you can raise your hand. I do see one lady like that. Wave at me. If you're over 50 tonight, wave at me. Or if you can't just. (laughs) I know that hurts for some of us. (laughs) Aren't you glad one day you were told? God is real. And if you'll praise him and serve him and stand with him, he'll bless your life. Anybody over 50 glad you ever heard that? Oh, these young people need to hear it again. That God is holy. And God is real. And when you stand in a world of compromise, God will always stand by us. You say, what about the persecution, brother Joe? Yeah, they did throw Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah, they threw him in the lion's den. But aren't you glad, brother, when the smoke was cleared and the last shot was fired, they didn't eat Daniel. They didn't devour Daniel. For God give them lockjaw and God delivered again. I believe God can deliver his people in 2020 and send one more old fashioned Holy Ghost Mount Sinai God breathe revival. If somebody to get a hold of God, God can get a hold of us. Daniel stood with God, and God stood with Daniel. I wonder how many people tonight as our heads about all over the building. Would say, brother Joe, Daniel made a commitment. Daniel made a choice. Daniel made a decision. He would stand with God, and God stood with him. Tonight, Preacher Arthur, I want to make a decision. I want to make a commitment. As for me and my house, me and my heart, me and my soul, me and my body me and my family, my life, I want to see revival. I want to live for God and I want God to use my life. And I'm willing tonight to purpose and cast the die, make the decision. We're standing all over the building. People are starting to come. And tonight, why don't you say, tonight's the night. Go and live for God. Go have me a Christian family. I'm gonna be a soul winner. I'm gonna lead somebody to Christ. I wanna make the difference in my world. What others do, I have no control over. them. But as for me, tonight, my house my life my talents my heart my breath I want to live